everyone. I'm Jen. I'm Anthony, and this is Bottom Bracket Biking Podcast. A couple's guide to biking. Hello, and welcome to episode 11. We hit a milestone, guys. We got to 1,000 downloads. 100,000 downloads? Not 100,000, just 1,000. Oh, okay. Not that many, but really, really exciting for us. Yeah, I'm excited for that. What are we going to talk about today? Do we have a plan? We do. Oh, good. So this is kind of the precursor to our next episode, but today we are talking about bike trips and bike vacations. Because? Because we've been doing a few shorter trips and we are about to go to Moab for a week. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of Moab. It's kind of like the mountain biking best place on earth. Mecca. Nah, that's too cliche. Mountain (laughs) biking best place on earth. Paradise? Sure. Heaven? No. (laughs) Too religious. Uh, We are going to Moab and we wanted to talk about what it takes to kind of do bike vacations. Kind of what you need to bring, what you need to plan for. And especially, we're we're calling them bike trips and bike vacations. Trips we think of typically as shorter. You know, we just did three days in Bentonville. Um, So that's why we're saying both, if you're confused. Yeah, and it applies to either one. If you're going an hour away to stay at a campground for two nights, that's just as valid as if you're going 16 hours away to stay in Moab for five days. Uh, Not looking forward to that drive, though. Oh, whatever. It'd be fun. Get to go through the mountains. So when we're planning where to go, kind of what's the consideration? What's a a good place to go on a bike trip slash vacation? So I guess for us specifically, I have a backlog of places that I either want to go or go back to. And I typically start there. But overall, the biggest thing is what time of year is it and how far do I want to drive? Yeah, a good example of that is we live in Iowa. But if we go six hours north, we're in Duluth, Minnesota. And if we go six hours south, we're in Bentonville, Arkansas. And these are very, very different places in August and December. So yeah, in August, you're not going to go to Bentonville to go biking. If you live where we do, uh, the six-hour drive south is not worth it if we go six hours north and have much cooler weather. But in December, you know, we're going to go north anyway because we can go skiing. But if we want to go biking, we can go south. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of the best example of just based on weather. The other thing that comes into play a lot is that we will do, you know, a long weekend trip to either Duluth or to Bentonville. The places are in that, you know, I'd say six hours is probably the limit of our weekend trip. Long weekend. Yeah, Yeah, long weekend. That's three days or a little three or four days usually. Um, But if we're going to do four, five, six plus days, then it opens up a lot more. So yeah, if we're thinking a longer trip, we have a lot more options. We have Moab, we have the Front Range. I mean, we've done biking at Winter Park. Um, Anthony's gone to Breckenridge. Those are all longer trips. We've got a lot of Colorado examples. And that actually leads into the next thing that we want to talk about, which is once you get where you're going, where should you stay? I want to talk about the weather a little more (laughs) because there are places where the weather can change drastically within a couple hundred or a couple an hour drive mm-hmm. you know in Iowa it's not going to change that much but in Moab and Colorado you know you got to really think like okay it's nice where I live but how's it going to be there make sure you get a a good feel of where you're going to if you're going outside of your local uh you know climate area yeah and this is true for a couple of points so one of those is afternoon showers you know if you're going to be up in the mountains 
you're likely to have rain in the afternoon, sometimes more severe storms. So you have to be aware of that. But also we're looking at maybe doing some biking in Colorado on the way back from Moab. And the two areas we were looking at was Fruta, so down by Grand Junction, or Breckenridge. And one of these is at a higher elevation and so more likely to be really cold when we get there. Yep. And that that local weather made that decision because Breckenridge was going to be 65 degrees, but Fruta was going to be, I didn't check, but warmer than 65. I think it was like 72-ish when I checked it. Yeah, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. So moving on to the next part. So yeah, when we first started doing vacations, which actually our first bike vacation was one of these, um, it was determined by where we had friends that we could stay with because we were 18 and had just enough money to get ourselves there and maybe have food. And that was like it. So that's the first consideration that we still really have is, is there anyone that we can go stay with? So are you saying the next thing you need to think about is where you're going to stay? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, there's Airbnbs pretty much anywhere you go. But if there is a bike place, like a Cuyuna has Mm -hmm. a uh, campground right there. Yeah. So what we've found is there are really four options of places you can stay. One is with friends. Two is camping, and that could either be in a tent or in a camper or in the back of your truck. We're trying that one out. Um, three is Airbnbs, which actually I think might be my favorite overall for trips. And then the fourth one is hotels. And we typically don't go planning on staying in a hotel, but it's always good to know what's there just for backup. Why don't we plan on staying in a hotel? Um... Well, it's it's harder to cook in a hotel. It's harder to bring muddy bikes into a hotel. They're usually not quite as close to the trails. Yeah, my, my main thing is that they're expensive. Yeah. You know, relative to the other option, they're rather costly and you don't get much out of it other than a place to crash. Yes. What I will say about hotels is they're amazing in the summer. Like if you don't have Airbnb options or you haven't planned on that, they have air conditioning, they have showers, they're... On a 100-degree day when it's humid out, you walk into a hotel and you're just like, this is the best thing ever. So some of the better vacations we've been on have been to Bentonville. Mm-hmm. And, or one of them was to Bentonville. And the reason that was good is because the weather when we were there was amazing. We had kind of planned to be there when it was going to be cooler. Yep, it was this past March. Mm-hmm. The trails were the trails. And the other thing is we'd plan kind of what trails we were going to ride. Mm-hmm. And that, that can be really tricky if you're going to an unknown area. Because you might think, oh, we want to go to Fruta, Colorado. But how do you know what trails to ride? Yeah, how do you know? And this does kind of go into where you're staying, too. Because that trip to Bentonville that we really enjoyed, we had an Airbnb that was like, what, a quarter mile from the trails, if that Yeah. No, and it was like 200 feet from the trails. Yeah, so that was something. And this was our second trip to Bentonville. And so we made a few changes and planned of, hey, we want to ride these trails. And then we picked a house that was right next to it to stay. So, but yeah, that's a good point of how do you get started on that? And the first thing that we typically do is we both have, um, oh, what's the app called? MTB MTB Project. Project. Whoa. So this is, it's a an app that you can download and then you can like download all of the different trails for each state and go in and they have a rating system and information and pictures and there's a trail status of whether it's open or not. I don't always trust those, but they're, you can see the last time it was updated. So if it says two years ago, you know, it's probably not realistic. 
Um, the, the one downside with that is that the trail ratings are all kind of relative and done by users. So you should look it up on YouTube. That, that's what I found is really helpful. Mm-hmm. It's finding trails that are rated well and that the difficulty looks like something you can handle. And then go on YouTube and see if it's something you actually want to try. Oh, yeah. I do that a ton when we're going to new places. I'll read about the trail and be like, okay, I think this is something I can do. And then I'll go watch videos of it. Mm-hmm. So if we have our stuff picked out or we have our location picked out and the trails we want to go to, what uh, what kind of considerations are there for who you're going with? Like, should you just go with people that you don't normally hang out with? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... You guys might have picked up that we spend an inordinate amount of time together. Um, So it's usually pretty easy for us to just kind of jump into a trip together. But what I have learned, the biggest thing that that really matters is you have to be able to manage your stress levels on a trip. So I have friends that I will absolutely go on vacation with. I don't care if it's biking or heck, a cruise or paragliding. I don't care. Um, we'll figure it out when we get there. And that's kind of my baseline. Um, after that, the other thing for bike specific trips is that it's really fun when you go with someone who's close to your experience level. You know, you don't want to go and have the person who's never been on a mountain bike before with someone who's riding like double black diamonds. Although we did kind of start out closer to that. Yeah. And how did that end for us? It was okay. It was horrible. Um, if it's not, if you wouldn't <laughs> ride with the person normally, like if you can't ride together normally, one of you gets stressed out or you always feel like you're going too slow, you know, the the time to ride together isn't when you're in a new place, discovering new trails. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I said it was okay, I guess what I was thinking is after we figured out that we really shouldn't ride together. Yes. So <laughs> that actually brings up a good point because you can ride with people of different abilities, mm-hmm. but the big thing with that is don't ride together. Find an area that has different difficulty trails or maybe trails you both can ride, but you meet at the bottom in 45 minutes or something. Yeah. So one of the last times that we were in Colorado, heck, that was last summer already. um, We were out riding on the front range and there is this 12 mile loop, which at the time was easy. It was a blue for me. It was, you know, pushing what I felt comfortable doing, especially because it was altitude, not the first time I'd been on a bike. And here's the problem. Um, Yes. So I went out and I did one lap of the trail and Anthony did one lap and then did like half of it backwards and found me and he was kind of tired by that point. And so we rode back together. And that was actually really fun because he got to go do his fast loop and then it was just kind of like coming back looking for me and we finished it out together and it was fun for me to get to ride with him at the end. Oh yeah, that's right. The uh, trip before that is the one that we discovered that we definitely shouldn't ride together. Actually, some of the worst arguments we've had were trying to bike together before we were at close enough skill levels. Yeah, so if it's two people, very different skill levels and the the one the better one isn't super willing to just go as slow as they can and not see anything mm-hmm. just uh go your own way you can go your own way so if you listen to the last podcast one of the things that we talked about was it was kind of new that we actually rode together the whole weekend in bentonville i'm actually really excited for moab just to kind of get to ride together a bit i don't plan on riding with anthony the whole time but i think there'll be days or sections where you know it does make sense for us to go together 
And then there's the question of what happens when you can't bike. For example, if it's raining or lightning, lightning, or if the pass is still snowed over. Or heck, if you've been biking for the last three days and you just don't want to sit on a bike seat anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. But <laughs> the point is that having a plan B is very important. Up in, when I went to Duluth, I went by myself actually, mm-hmm. and it rained one of the like two days that I had up there. So I went and checked out the harbor and went on a hike and went and tried to find some coffee shops. The point is that I had a plan B. Because it rained, my entire day wasn't ruined. And I think it's important to not get yourself into that situation. Mm -hmm. Like, we could go to White Rock an hour away, and if it rained while we were there, there'd be nothing else to do. Yes, but that's a consideration of it's an hour away, so we just drive home. Yes. But yeah, so like in Bentonville, um, and this is where I'm thinking of specifically of I just don't want to be on a bike anymore, Um, more from our first trips down there. They have a whole bunch of other things that you can do in the area because it's actually in a town. So, you know, you can go to Crystal Bridges Art Museum. You can go walk around. You can go to the Walmart Museum that they have there. Um, Different things like that. You can go to a museum or walk around. It's a hopping town, guys. (laughs) Okay, well, that's what we did, and it was fun. Well, they also have really good, like, restaurants and coffee places. A couple good breweries. Yeah, they have some interesting stuff there, unlike a White Rock. Yeah, and so that's one other thing to check out, of just, like, look around at the other things that you can do in a location and kind of think about, you know, what would be a good backup plan. And I think... You know, if you're going to be somewhere for a couple days and it rains on day number two and you're no, you know it's going to rain for a couple days, maybe consider going somewhere else. Like in the scheme of things, a three-hour drive to get to a dry area is actually not that far. Yeah, so I was just realizing this is one of the things that I think about a lot when I think about traveling with people is we typically have like a general outline for our trips, but overall we end up changing a lot of details fairly last minute just because of things like weather or, oh, hey, this trail took half as long as we thought or twice as long as we thought or, you know, any of that sort of stuff. And so if you're going with people that you know can kind of just go with the flow, it makes it so much easier to adjust and move on and have a lot more fun overall. Yeah, most of our trips kind of change rapidly as our enthusiasm wanes and comes back. Yeah. So... Make an outline of a plan and understand that that might change. And one other thing that I was just thinking about, like with places to stay, is if you are going somewhere and there is a chance that you might run into a bit of bad weather or a bit of downtime, it can also be very nice to have a place that's comfortable to hang out in. Like we have an Airbnb for Moab. And I have a bike magazine that I specifically have not read for the past three weeks. And at some point, I'm going to crash on the couch and read part of it because I don't think I can pedal for four days straight. Yeah. So just chill, dude. (laughs) Okay, Anthony, what time is it? It is gear talk time. Gear talk time. Let's say it together. It is gear Gear talk talk time. Oh, my God. Anthony, hey. you want to tell us about your uh, your gear experience this week? Yes. So this is one of those things. It's not a new thing. Well, the rear shock on my bike went out. So we're going to uh, Moab, like we said. I don't know if we've told you seven times yet. But we're going to Moab next week, and I went into the shop, and I told them that my rear shock was making a squish, squish, squish noise. And they said, oh, that's a very common problem with that bike. 
So I just got it back today, and we're leaving not tomorrow, but the next day. And I, I was told it might take up to a week to get my bike back. And I said, pretty please make it not take that long. <laughs> and they did. And I'm not going to ask how. <laughs> oh. uh, and so my only tip on that is if your bike's making a squish, squish, squish noise, don't wait until five days before you leave to ask the mechanics about it. Yeah. I actually, are you done with that? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much done. We do have a backup plan because we have an extra rear shock lying around. Because, you know, who doesn't? Obviously. Uh, that, that was just a stroke of luck, actually. But It came with my bike when we bought it. There is a plan B. And the plan B is void the warranty, so I'm glad we didn't have to go with that. So I actually had a very similar thing. So when we were down in Bentonville, um, the similar idea of, you know, do things before you leave, with give yourself some time. Oh. So down in Bentonville, I got a rear flat. My tires were worn out. The sealant was dried up. So oh, came back. Jen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. Came back and assessed the tires and went, yeah, I really probably need new tires. And I'd actually thought about it. Like, okay, so I'm going to Moab. I'm, there's a chance I'm just going to slice through a sidewall, even though I have the sidewall protected tires. Like maybe I should just leave these tires on until I blow them out and then put them on. Really, really glad we didn't do that because Anthony was nice enough. I forget what I was doing, but he ended up going out and trying to put the tires on for me. And was it the front one that went on just fine? Nope. The front one was the one that I had to take to the bike mechanic and say, please help. Yeah. So I have carbon rims and they would not go on. And both of us were out there like we're both pulling on this tire, trying to get it to go in. Just like. Just have to brag about your carbon rims, don't you? Well, I don't want to mess them up. It's a little bit different if I ding those up. So we really, really did not want to break the rims. So we went over and begged the bike mechanics and it was really funny because they ended up with two people pulling on it there yep, they but said, got it eventually <laughs> they said it was the hardest bike or the hardest tire they'd ever put on a rim before and it made me <laughs> feel better about my hour and a half fighting in the garage with it so yeah just once again make sure you assess your gear and make plans and then actually execute those plans with enough time to have a backup plan yeah i would say along that line is don't uh don't go out half-cocked with your gear. Like, if you have a tire that's kind of leaking a little bit, figure that out before you're 12 miles into a 30-mile ride in the desert. Mm-hmm. Not while you're... Yeah. Don't don't become an emergency evac, please. Yeah, I really don't want to walk the whole enchilada. Boy, that gear talk evolved into our actual topic. Yes. <laughs> what a terrible job we did. Or was it a, the best job yet? Best job yet. Woo! All right, so going back to, speaking of making sure your bike and stuff is ready, mm-hmm. what should you bring on a bike trip? Let's assume, you know, if you're just going for a night, you can get away with whatever you normally bring. If you don't plan well enough, you're probably going to be okay. You know, yeah. Forget your coat and it's a little chilly for the first 20 minutes. You're not going to freeze to death. But let's say you're going to Colorado for four days and you don't know what the weather's going to be like. What do, what do I bring? So the first thing that I would say is bring the stuff that you're comfortable in. A bike trip is not the time to try out something brand new and find out that you hate it. Or if you're going to try out something brand new, bring the setup that you know works so that if you do absolutely hate it, you can revert back to the other setup. Um, the other thing that I would say is kind of like what we talked about earlier with weather considerations. Don't just, you know, if you're going to Colorado in September, 
and you're used to biking in September in Iowa, don't just assume it's going to be the same thing. Look up the weather. Mm-hmm. But more than that, plan for the weather that it's supposed to be, and then plan for one higher and one lower. Because maybe you decide to go out in the morning and you were planning on going out in the afternoon. Well, you need colder. Or maybe it's downpouring for three days mm-hmm. in your chosen location and you go a couple hours north or south and you have different weather. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you don't have to pack your whole house. Just pack enough that if it's 15 degrees higher or lower than you're planning it to be, you're not going to be in trouble. It's funny. I'm actually getting a lot of different stuff between biking and skiing. I have multiple different layers of stuff. So I have short sleeve thermal items and long sleeve thermal items and long sleeve like bike tights or not long sleeve, like actual bike tights. And I'll usually bring a mix of those of like, okay, so this is the middle of my temperature range. I can survive in this stuff if it's 15 degrees warmer or 15 degrees cooler. But what if you start out and it's cold and then it gets warm, Jen? Well, see, I'm bringing a jacket that packs down in my backpack. And so, like, you bring layers that you can take off? Yes, layers are good. Wow. And it's almost like people say that for a reason. And with that, I'm actually bringing two different bags, like a large bag and a small bag for Moab, because one of the days we're there, we are planning on doing the whole enchilada, which is a 35-mile ride, and I'm not going to get into if it really should be a 70-mile ride and you should ride from town and back. We are doing 35 miles. Um, And so I am planning to start out wearing more clothing than I'm going to end with. You guys don't know this, and there's no reason to tell you, but we did just chase our cats around the entire house to get them to shut up. Oh, my God. So you're welcome. We are terrorizing our cats for you guys. (laughs) To To be very clear, they did enjoy it, and they are no longer making a ton of noise behind us. Yeah, they love playing. Anyway, I just wanted to update you on why we sound like we're out of breath and giggly. But you, so, you mentioned the whole enchilada. Yes. Going from 11,000 feet to 3,000 feet. Mm-hmm. That is what I would call an extreme situation. Yeah. Where we're going to start probably really cold and end really warm. It literally starts in alpine situations above treeline and ends in the desert. Does it start above? It starts oh my God. above treeline. That is if... What is wrong with us? A lot of stuff. That's actually if it's open. Um, yeah. Based on if they get snow between now and then, they might close that section. They probably won't. And it might sound like between all the stuff that we're saying, like, oh, bring warm stuff, bring cold stuff, bring a bunch of water. It might sound like you're going to have a bunch of stuff that you need to bring with you. And uh, yeah, you, you will. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> And we end up bringing our big backpacks and mm-hmm. not even our little ones because we bring, you know, an extra tube and some spare stuff just because you don't want to be in that situation where in the middle of nowhere and you don't know where you're at and you're totally helpless. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I've realized just on bike trips, like not when you're actually biking, um, you kind of need to bring clothes to change into when you get done, because I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to spend my entire vacation in bike shorts. Like, can you imagine? I usually wear bike shorts under my pants. Really? No! <laughs> I hate bike shorts. Anthony actually specifically does not wear bike shorts when he goes for short bike rides because he hates bike shorts so much. I hate them. Yeah, don't forget that you also have to spend time not on your bike and biking. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not going to tell you how to dress normally, but bring normal clothes. But yeah, also remember to bring like a change of clothes for that too, because there are so many times, and I get cold easily. We'll go someplace, I'm like, oh, it's going to be warm, and only bring 
a bike windbreaker and then I am freezing and end up needing to buy a sweatshirt or something while we're there. So consider it as an actual vacation, not just a bike vacation. We also like to be self-sufficient. So when we go on these longer bike vacations, I actually bring almost my whole bike maintenance kit. Mm -hmm. I have it all in one toolbox, so it's not a big pain. Yeah, we bring the toolbox. We bring, sometimes we bring extra tires. We bring extra tubes. We have a bike stand that folds down and goes in the back of the car. Actually, we're the lightweights on that one. So the friend that we went to Bentonville with, she has a bike stand and bike kit that actually lives in her car at all times. What? Yep. On top of her car on the carrier. What? Uh Uh-huh. That's not... What? Okay. (laughs) Okay. I, yep, don't go that far. But yes, just be able to fix your own stuff if you have those capabilities at home. Yeah. And do not forget your bike repair stuff. At minimum, have your extra repair gear. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll go over a couple of the places we've gone, kind of what the, oh, what thought went into it. Mm -hmm. And maybe what we wish we would have done better for the next time. And then we'll go over the next time because we've been doing these for... A while now. Our first one was when we were 18. 18, yep. So we just graduated high school. Nine years ago? Uh, yeah. Eight years ago. Almost. How old are we? You're old. <laughs> All right. But our first bike trip was where? Our first technical bike trip was um, Winter Park. So Trestle Bike Park. And how did we end up there? Well, we were going to go to the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, the rally, and they had, that was the year they had fires oh, at yeah. Pikes Peak. And so we had this trip planned to Colorado. And Anthony had just been getting into mountain biking. And I like going to Colorado. And we said, okay, let's go bike. And I think we were just going to go out and bike on the front range. But we didn't have some of the resources we do now. So it took a while to find everything. So Anthony was doing a ton of research and found Winter Park. And I think it took a day and a half to talk me into going there and then we ended up there. So that is how we discovered to plan ahead and use apps like MTB Project, which definitely didn't exist back then. It would have been so much easier if it had. Yeah. And ask around, talk to local people, you know, make sure you know where you're going before you show up there. Mm-hmm. But we ended up at a downhill park and that is how Anthony ended up riding a, a hardtail 29er down Black Diamond <laughs> downhill trails <laughs> with a Walmart helmet. This is also where Anthony ended up with a full face helmet because we realized that riding a bike on Black Diamond downhill trails with a Walmart helmet maybe wasn't smart. Yeah, well, they had used full face helmets there, unlike Iowa, so I might as well have gotten one. Mm -hmm. Our next trip was probably back to Colorado, right? So technically, I think our next trip was actually a trip that I didn't go on. It was when you went to Moab through Outdoor Rec. Yeah. Our next trip together was one that you didn't even go on. But I I ended up going out to Moab my first and only time Mm -hmm. so far was with the Outdoor Recreation Program at Iowa State. Discover your adventure. Anyhow, it was spring break. Yeah, it was spring break. And that was when I biked and was like, oh, I'm pretty good at biking. And I had a full suspension bike I bought for $500. Don't ask me how. It was not the best. (laughs) It It was so heavy. Yeah, and actually that trip was like, Really cool and really miserable because I got like four hours of sleep a night. It was a weird time in my life. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> so yeah, the next trip that we actually did together was back to the front range. Um, we actually did take a bit of a break from biking in the later half of college there. So it didn't happen immediately. But um, 
that was when we kind of realized it's a lot funner to go bike somewhere if you actually know where you're going and have a plan and know if you're on a trail or like in a cow pasture. Yeah. Yeah. So we implemented what we had figured out the last time we went. But uh, what we had not planned on was the absolute misery that is biking with two people who are of vastly different skill levels. Mm-hmm. And that's when we discovered how to bike together happily. Which is, you don't. <laughs> Which is by not biking together. <laughs> and actually, that's about the time that we also started doing things. So my best friend lives in Colorado. And a lot of the times, Anthony and I will go and do a couple of days together. And then I will go do, like, I did a 14er with her last summer when we were out there. And that was when Anthony went and did Breckenridge, the, kind of the, the harder trails. Which, now that I'm a lot more confident on a bike and in better shape, you know, I think that might change some. But this is another thing where, you know, planning other activities comes in. And then beep, boop, borp, go forward a little ways. And that whole not biking together is actually, I think, a large part of the reason Jen got a really good, apparently. <laughs> because we didn't bike together, but we biked near each other. Yeah. We did. We went to the same things. We biked near each other at the same events, just not like holding hands. And... I discovered at our last Bentonville trip that Jen had gone from a miserable sack of potatoes <laughs> to actually biking very well. And uh, now we might actually bike together. And if we discover that's not true, guess what? It's fine. Yeah, it, it not being or not feeling like I had to keep up with Anthony took a lot of pressure off. And so then I actually enjoyed it. And that meant that I biked more, which meant that I got better, which meant that I could potentially keep up with Anthony. So it's nice knowing that we can fall back on that if we're not having fun together. And sometimes we do. We'll bike for together for like the first 20, 30 minutes of a normal ride. Mm-hmm. And then we'll say, all right, meet you back at the cart, 7 o'clock, and we go have fun. And that is the key to a happy marriage. Yes. It's the only thing you have to know. <laughs> know when to bike separately. Also be dating for 10 years. Oh, 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 one other thing about bike trips that before we figured out, like, was absolutely miserable. Um, When you go and you bike all day and sometimes you're at elevation and sometimes you're not sleeping well, um, if you're hungry and, and your name is Jen, you are not a nice person. So one thing that we have started doing is we eat a lot more on vacation than we do at home because, you know, sometimes you don't really think about it and... Then four o'clock rolls around and you haven't really eaten lunch all day and you're ready to argue about everything. That is the best, well, that's not the best part, but the best part about bike vacations is it's 3.30 and you're angry and then you're like, I want to go get a whole thing of loaded nachos. And should you? Yeah, dude, you just biked all morning. It's fine. Yeah, we eat a lot of nachos and pizza on vacation. And we gain a lot of no weight. Yes, because we bike a ridiculous amount before that. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Oh, boy. That was a lot of information. Did you get catch all that? I think I did. Plan ahead. Plan for the worst and the best. Consider your situation for where you're staying. Uh, consider how good the people you are going with are. Mm-hmm. And if you have to, ride separately. It's fine. Yep. Everybody will be happier until you break your arm. But don't do that. <laughs> yeah, please. Please don't break bones. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and don't forget to bring actual clothing, including socks. I forgot normal socks. I forgot normal bras. I forgot normal shoes. Like, really just plan it out like it's two separate things. Like, here's my bike trip, and then here's my other trip. 
And bring two cards to haul all your crap. <laughs> no. But yeah, I think that's about it. Hopefully we'll have an update for you soon after this next Moab trip. Yeah, that's all I have to talk about this time. We'll have plenty to talk about next time. Mm-hmm. And I actually, this is one time where we realized in the course of this that we are a little bit boring in where we go. We go to Bentonville a lot. We go to Colorado a lot. So if you guys have any places that you would suggest, we would love to hear about those so we can go in the future. Cuyuna, go north. Oh, yeah. Cuyuna is a one that we've got planned coming Just up. Just not now. It's getting cold. <laughs> Well, I think that's it, guys. You can find us on Instagram at bottom.bracket.biking. Send us anything that you'd like to hear about, including places to go, questions, funny jokes. And until next time, ride dirt, not mud. Thanks for listening. Cue the outro music. I'm going to get a drink. (laughs) 